If you're taking notes this morning, would you write down this advice is important. This advice is important. In Ephesians, as Paul is writing this letter, the Apostle Paul, he really gives just the best advice that there is. First, he gives it to husbands and wives. And then he goes and gives it to children. And then he gives it to parents. And the beauty in Paul's instruction is that he really just gives us the most important thing. He says, husbands and wives, you want to know how to have a healthy and successful marriage? Here's how. You are going to submit to each other the way that you would submit to Jesus. That means husbands saying, wives, you go first. That means wives saying, husbands, you go first. And when we have marriages that are just going back and forth, no, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. We are setting ourselves up for happy marriages. Simple and important instruction. When he comes to children, simple and important instruction. He says, children, obey and honor your parents. Obey and honor your parents. This is such important advice for kids. We got a couple of kids in here uh, this morning. I love that. Uh, And so this advice, guys, is for you. A couple of years ago, I was teaching in the preschool. They have chapels every so often. I think it's every month or so. And so they had asked me to come over and share uh, one piece of wisdom with the preschoolers. Uh, and so I was thinking, what do I want to share with the preschoolers? Three of my four kids have already been through Happiness Hill. So immediately, light bulb comes on, obedience, right? Like if I want somebody else telling my kids something, what I want them saying is obey your parents. That's me, right? And so this was kind of self-serving. My kids were in the crowd. Uh, I came in and with, I love, I love preschoolers because you just get to be silly. You get to have fun. I had like a safari hat on. And so I come in, I said, guys, I have discovered the secret to a happy life. But then I lost it. I don't know what the secret is anymore. Could you help me find out what the secret to a happy life is? And I'm like, yeah, we'll help you. It's like, do you see any clues around anywhere? They're like, there's a letter O over there. It's like, oh, over here, okay. Grab the O that I had conveniently hidden on the wall over there, stuck it on there. Do you see any more clues? Well, there's a B. B, and you guys get where this is going? E, Y, and then I said, is there any preschool in here who knows how to read? What does this say? And one of them was like, obey? Yeah, obey, it says obey. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember it. There's actually ancient wisdom that comes from the apostle Paul. It's recorded for us in this book called the Bible. And it was, flip over to Ephesians chapter six, like, oh, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. What is that promise? Oh, that's right, that it will go well with you. Guys, remember the secret. The secret that life is gonna go well is that we honor and obey our parents. At that point, the preschooler is like, "Mm mm-hmm, like I haven't heard this before. And so I said, hey, I'm not giving up that easy, okay? You're gonna learn this lesson, like if it's the last thing I do. And so I go, guys, you're gonna sing a song with me, okay? Obey, obey. 
Do what your parents say, the secret to a happy day. Obey, 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 obey. And the beauty about Disney songs is that everybody knows them. I just redeemed it, right? Like I took seven, the Snow White or Sleeping Beauty and the Seven Drawers, whatever it is. Uh, I took that song, I redeemed it. I told preschoolers to obey their parents. And every once in a while, uh, Happiness Hill preschoolers will be roaming around the campus, you know, on their leash or something. And teachers are just singing, obey, obey. Because we know as parents, or even if you're not a parent in this room, you know, like there's an understanding that if there was just a simple obedience that children gave to parents, that that would affect so many aspects in life. We're not asking kids to obey us because we have some uh, need for, for respect and authority, right? The reason we want our kids to obey us is because, hey, If you don't listen to me as we're walking out of Target, you're gonna get run over, right? Obedience is meant to keep you safe, child, right? Like, I just can't have you sprinting off into the parking lot. Obedience is meant to help children succeed in life. The reason that you need to obey when I say do your homework uh, isn't because I just want you to obey for obedience sake, it's so that you'll succeed in life. Obedience brings peace and tranquility into a home. When you just say, hey, can you do the dishes? And the dishes get done. When there's that obedience, obedience brings peace and tranquility in the home. And right now all the parents are like, "Mm mm-hmm. Like, right, we're not like, we're not like a responsive church, but right now all the parents are saying like, I, I'm about to give an amen. Like, I might, I might just, okay, here we go. Right, when we say like, children obey your parents, parents say amen. Can we do that? Let's try that. Children, obey your parents. Amen. There we go. I'm actually, I'm actually playing with you guys a little bit. Because my primary emphasis this morning is not actually for children. Uh, I kind of wanted to bait and switch a little bit. Uh, and here's, because here's the reason why. I think we understand that obedience is one of these core things that if we will do this, that there is a multitude of rewards that will come along with this simple command. And that when, we, when Paul says, hey, just kids, honor and obey your parents, we think like, yes, like my biggest mistakes in, in, in life looking back, they could have been avoided if I would have honored and obeyed my parents. And you're thinking the difficulties that your kids are going through, they could have been avoided if you, they would have honored and obeyed their parents. But in the same way, at that same caliber, just as important advice, putting children aside now and stepping towards parents, Paul comes in verse number four and he says, let me give parents one piece of advice. Let me tell you the one thing that you must get right if you want a shot in bringing up the next generation to love God. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So point number two then, parents, do not exasperate your children. I love the word exasperate. I actually used, I actually heard it in everyday speech this week. No one would think that it would come up, but the word exasperate means irritate intensely. To infuriate, the picture in the dictionary is of the kid with his eyes just dead inside going, are you kidding me? 
Other translations translate uh, this phrase, do not provoke your children to anger. This is such an important command for parents because a child's relationship with their parents has a significant impact with their relationship with God. I was listening to an interview earlier this week uh, with William with William Young. William Young wrote The Shack, and the reason that he wrote The Shack was to express his views of God. And he really initially wrote it just for his kids, uh, but it went from a book that he wrote for his kids to become a New York Times bestseller, and a New York Times bestseller that's surrounded by a bunch of controversy, and I'm not here to say yes or no for The Shack, but what I'm what I found really interesting was that as, uh, as William Young was talking about uh, his growth and understanding about God, he said that it has taken him the last 50 years of his life to separate how he viewed God from how he viewed his dad. William was raised on the mission field in Papua New Guinea. His parents were missionaries uh, and, and committed Christians and his dad was also abusive. And in that abuse, William lost respect for his dad as well as for God. And it took 50 years to, to, to separate that mess out so that he could again have a relationship where he loved and respect God without his dad's influence uh, ruining that. I don't think that our church is filled with people who are uh, abusing or damaging their children in that way, but in many subtle ways. This issue of not angering our kids really is, is the advice that we as a church, we as parents need to hear. This was uh, kind of brought home to me a couple of years ago as I was talking with a student late one night during a service trip that our church was on. He was a good kid. His parents had done such a, such a great job teaching him responsibility, teaching him respect. He was the type of kid that as he was growing up, other parents were saying like, why aren't you like this kid? Successful in school, successful in many aspects, invested in ministry, uh, someone who appeared to have good relationships with his family. On that trip though, uh, he began really wrestling with God. Partially it was probably due to the lots of manual labor that we, doing, we were doing and he was tired. And there was also a nasty bit of conflict within the group, people pointing out each other's character flaws. And in that, uh, he just came unglued. He was shaken enough that he was asking life's big questions. Where am I going? What am I doing? Why do I hurt this bad? A lot of his child, childhood issues started to come to the surface and really his good kid persona started to crack. Eventually I found him sitting off by himself and I was honestly taken back with what I heard. Sitting there, he told me how he hates God, how he hates the rules, how he's tired of having to pretend to be a good Christian. He's tired of the pettiness and he hates having to just keep up this, these appearances. In the passion of that moment, he said, Charles, I'm done with it all. I, I, I hate God and I don't want anything to do with him anymore. I hate church and I hate, I hate the, the pressure that I feel every time I come to church. Man, I hate, I hate Christian environments. I'm ready to leave all of that and walk away from God and walk away 
for my faith. I'd known this kid for a couple of years and so I had a good relationship with him after sitting there and listening to him talk and listening to him cry and just listening to him tell me where he was at. I felt God put on my heart to ask him whether or not he thinks that his problem is with God or with how his parents have portrayed God to him. So we sat there and we talked about the way that he was brought up and the, the things that he's feeling. And I asked him, are you sure you're not mixing up God with your parents? That night ended with a sweet time of prayer. And I think he came a step closer to John, or he came, take a step closer to God. Uh, and I've never gotten uh, critiquing parenthood right. I never thought that it was a youth pastor's job to tell a parent you're doing a good job or you're doing a bad job. Anytime I've tried to do that, I feel like I've messed up. But here's what I've learned in that situation was that I can be successful as a parent. I can have my kid be respectful. I can, he, can, he can be respectful. He can be obedient. He can have a good attitude. He can do all the right things. He can be good at school. He can be good in ministry. He can look successful to everybody else. He could be the type of kid that's raised up and other people in the church are like, man, I want my kids to look like him. And it's possible to do all of those things and for there to be anger and frustration and resentment in their heart. In that moment, I was what I took away was I don't want my kids when they're in high school to be sitting with their youth pastor saying, I hate my dad. Sure, he was successful in getting me to do all of these things, but the cost of that is this anger in my heart. This is important. Parents, do not exasperate your children. Making sure we're not provoking our children to anger is important and we need to be keeping a watchful eye on our parenting. So how do we exasperate our kids? How do we exasperate our kids? Man, if you're in here, uh, regardless of whether you're a parent or you're just, uh, you've been parented, that includes all of us, I bet you have a running list of the things that just planted anger in your hearts, right? When dad would do this, because mom never showed up, because of this or that, there's things that we could all point to and be like, man, uh, dad just never uh, did what, he never lived the things that he preached, right? There's a million things that we could point to that say like, these things cause anger in our hearts. But this morning, I just wanna look at two. I would say one of the biggest ways that we exasperate our children is by too much discipline. Too much discipline. The story that I told was probably an example of too much discipline. It's, const it's possible to be constantly on top of our kids, but in that desire for their good, where we're not saying discipline is bad, right? The Bible makes it clear. Train up a child in the way he should go. Discipline is good. The Bible even says, if you don't have somebody that's disciplining you, then it's probably you're an illegitimate child, right? It says that in Hebrews chapter 13, where discipline is part of the Christian responsibility of parenting, but it's possible to get that wrong and to be overbearing and to produce anger in our discipline. To have too much discipline. The story that I told earlier, uh, I had given the student a call to make sure that I had his permission to share what I did and to make sure I was remembering the story right. And after the conversation, he said, Charles, he said, lean into this because it's important 
Uh, and, and, and I, like, that's something that I wish had been corrected years ago. And then he said, I think I would be better off if I had a few less achievements, but I wasn't so angry at my parents. I just thought, oh. Man, when we, when we choose the route of too much discipline, even when we produce success in our children, we have, the pos- we have the danger of bringing them to a place where we are storing up anger in their heart. Too much discipline. Too little discipline is also a danger. Where when we don't have consistent boundaries, when we don't have consistent discipline in our homes, where we aren't as a parent defining what is right and what is wrong and doing our job, that we just lay that burden onto our kids. And we give them uh, the freedom and the need to define their own right and wrong, and that can be equally exasperating. And I would say for many in our world today, the God of our age that that, that surpasses uh, any other commitment is the commitment to tolerance and, and love defined as you are able to do whatever you want in any circumstance. And I would like to say that too little discipline, equally so with too much discipline, is a recipe for anger in a child's heart. In the last church that I was at, there were a couple of students who were core members of our youth group and they were, they, they were there week in and week out and we had a good relationship. Uh, but they were raised in a home where mom was wrestling with her own addictions. She was a single parent and in and out of, of a string of relationships that never seemed to end well. And even though they had such a love for their mom, they loved their mom. mom, mom Mother's Day was so special for them and they were mama's boys. But even in that, there was just this underlying anger and frustration because at a young age, they had to go out, they had to make their own way. They had to, they had to decide for themselves what was right and what was wrong, what the appropriate way to behave was. And I think that the anger, part of it, was because there was too little discipline. Too much discipline and too little discipline is how we uh, frustrate our children. And so what should parents do? What should parents do? Parents should bring children up. Bring children up. If you're taking notes on the paper there in big letters, could you write the word relationship? Relationship. The most important part of your role as a parent is to have a good relationship with your kid. And this can be so difficult. Uh, this week for student ministries, because we have a million and one little things going on as we kickstart summer, uh, we've uh, politely termed this Sunday and next Sunday uh, Armageddon, where we're just, there's a million things that we're having to get done uh, so that pizzas and ushers and me speaking, all of it gets uh, lined up and, and, and we get to have a ton of fun this Sunday and next Sunday. But in Armageddon, I just kind of had the mindset all right, this work, this week, I get to work really hard. And so I'm coming home and my oldest son, Caleb says, dad, it's summer break. When are you gonna play some basketball with us? I was like, sorry, son, not this week. Uh, Daddy's studying his sermon so he could teach parents not to (sighs) exasperate their kids, (laughs) but instead to bring them up in the nurture and the, bring them up in the instruction and training of the Lord. 15 minutes, buddy, let's go ball, right? Where it's hard, it's difficult, we're bringing kids up. 
And sustaining those relationships is difficult, but it is so important for us to make sure that anger doesn't take over in our discipline. But not only are we to bring kids up, we are to bring them up in God's training and instruction. God's training and instruction. The word training there uh, could also be translated discipline. And it does have the idea of of having boundaries, of having consequences, of disciplining our children the way that we would understand that. And so part of that is discipline, right? It's the, hey, don't do that or else there's going to be consequences. But not only are we called to have discipline in our children's lives, we're also called to have instruction, right? Where we're teaching them why. And not only are we teaching them why with the specific behaviors, but giving them the why of, hey, here's why things work this way. Because we live in God's created universe that in that creation, we fell away from, we fell away from a relationship with God. And that's why it seems like everything's broken and everything's fractured. And as we teach the storyline of the Bible, we are providing the instruction that all of our discipline fits into, And so we are called as parents to bring our children up in God's training and instruction. And in this, we all have a role to play. Each of us have a role to play. You say, Charles, I've been sitting in here for the last 20 minutes and I'm a grandpa. I don't have anybody in my house. And so the only person I'm frustrating, right, is my wife, but we don't wanna talk about that right now. Or you're in here and say, Charles, kids are so far away in my life. I ain't even dating anybody right now. Like, what are you thinking? In this family of God, we all have a role to play in this call that, that is given to us to bring the next generation up. And the role that we get to play is as the family of God, we all have a role of that father, of that parent to bring the next generation up. Let me talk to you guys about two of my heroes that I think are doing just this. First one is Lance Jackson. Lance Jackson is a quiet junior in high school, just a calm kid who's always there, always faithful to student ministries, uh, but never really somebody that you would notice unless you're like paying attention because he just kind of does his own thing. Uh, A couple of years ago in Sunday morning, we said, hey, we need volunteers to go over and student ministries is gonna take over children's ministry. That's my, that's my goal, okay? The high school will eventually run at children's ministry. <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell Austin that. Uh, but in that, uh, Lance took one of those forms, filled it out, uh, and I didn't hear anything about it until a couple months later, I was dropping my daughter off in the first grade class. I said, Lance, what are you doing here? So, said, oh, I run this class. What do you mean you run this class? He's like, yeah, there wasn't a teacher for the first grade class, so this is my class now. I was like, Lance, you're a junior in high school. How are you running a Sunday school class? He's like, well, you just get the email before and uh, go over the lesson. Uh, Lance, sweet, turn on the light, okay, uh, so that it looks like this class is functional and operating. Oh my goodness, you're running a Sunday school class. You're a junior in high school. And Lance over the last couple of years has just made that like his project. Yeah, we can clap for Lance. Lance, a couple of months ago, he taught in children's church. Austin was there and he was just trying to encourage Lance. And so Lance taught all of the kids, all three services. And Lance is doing his part 
raising the next generation up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. My second hero is a familiar face around here. Her name is Jean Young. Jean Young, on Wednesday night, graduated from Omega. She said that she graduated from Omega because she could never bring herself to use the term quitting Omega. She's graduating Omega after 39 years of ministry. 39 years, yeah. We have a picture of Jean surrounded by all of her girls. Can you imagine how much impact you could have in 39 years of consistent week in, week out investment in people's lives? That we have generations of people in this church. We have, we have Jean Young's students who have grown up and put their own kids now through high school. And she has led multiple generations because she's said, I am going to invest in the next generation and I'm going to bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. In this, we all have a role to play. As we wrap up this morning, I would love for you to pick out right now what it is that you need to take as the next step. Maybe you're in here and you're a parent and the next step for you is, I gotta cut this out. I'm too busy and I know that it's just taking a toll on my family and my anger is out of control. And that maybe the application for you is, I need to live this verse out and just its simplicity that I am not going to provoke my kids to anger anymore. Maybe here, and you, you've already passed the, the kids in your house stage, but you know that there's damage that's been done and you need to make a phone call, you need to write a letter, you need to schedule a dinner, and you need to talk through the ramifications of, of how your uh, parenting has led to a proper or an improper view of God. And you need, to, you need to talk through that with your adult child. Or maybe you're here and you say, Charles, like, again, kids aren't on my radar. But man, I want to be invested in bringing up this next generation so that they know and love God. How are you going to do that? And then for all of us this morning, as ushers come on forward, I'm gonna invite us to be generous in the way that we invest in the next generation. That God is gonna do amazing things at camp. That we are going to be uh, intentionally uh, bringing kids into camp so that we can train them up in the discipline and instruction of, of the Lord. And I would love for you to be able to be a part of that. As ushers come on forward, I'm going to say a word of prayer, and we are going to wrap up our service this morning.